Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Serving the Community Podcast. My name is Trisha Stetzel and I'm the owner of Results Extreme Business Solutions and also the founder of Serving the Community Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to highlight people and organizations in our communities that are serving through volunteer work and giving back to make our community, the country, and even a world, the world, excuse me, a kinder place to live. I'm super excited about my guest today. Again, my friend, Regina introduced me. You guys all know who Regina is because <laughs> I talk about her all the time. She has introduced me to this lovely woman, Stephanie Fitzgerald with the Alzheimer's Association. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Trisha. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. My face hurts from smiling. And I can't wait to get in from it. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I know it. Well, and you and I have had even a great conversation before we started recording today. And we've had a couple of conversations before that about the association. And first, let's talk about your position, um, how you're involved and what your involvement is in the Alzheimer's Association. Sure. So I am the um, regional manager for the Bay Area and Galveston County Walk to End Alzheimer's. And I'm also... Um, the regional manager for the Baytown walked in Alzheimer's. So I'm all over South, uh, South Harris County, Gallison County, things like that. Um, and basically I'm your friendly neighborhood Alzheimer's associate. If you have questions regarding, you know, the walk itself, you come to me. If you have questions regarding where you can find free resources and where you can find help in whatever aspect that you need it, you can come to me too. If I don't have the direct answer, which sometimes I don't, um, then we're going to lead you down the right path. We're going to make sure you've got your flashlight, your, your headlamp, and we're going to get you to where you need to be. Yeah, I love that. And the first time we talked, I said, who can I introduce you to? And you said, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk to anyone and everyone. And we went down this path of the people that you do help. And, and most of us these days are very aware uh, of Alzheimer's and how it affects uh, the people that are in our lives. And I feel like most people have been affected. Is there, do you have any like data or numbers or uh, something like that, that you can share with people about how many are affected by Alzheimer's? Absolutely. So um, Alzheimer's is the sixth leading disease in the country. It's awful, awful. Um, um, you know, give me two seconds. I'm no, it's okay. I know I threw a curveball at you. <laughs> That's quite all right. I just want to make sure I get all of the correct data up here. Um, so there's the sixth leading um, disease in the country. 50% uh, of primary care physicians believe that the medical profession is not ready for the growing number of people with Alzheimer's or other dementia. Um, to put that into perspective, more than 5 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's. One in three seniors dies with Alzheimer's or another form of dementia. Um, it kills more than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined, which is just astounding. Yeah. Um, there are about 16 million Americans who provide unpaid care for people with Alzheimer's or other dementia. So that's, you know, sons and daughters, that's relatives, neighbors, um, the list can go on and on. Uh, between 2000 and 2018, um, or excuse me, between 2000 and 2018 deaths from heart disease have decreased by 7.8% and um, deaths from Alzheimer's disease have increased by 146%. So there's a, 
this is a devastating disease. It's devastating to families who affects, and it's also devastating to our economy. In 2020, Alzheimer's and other dementias will have costed the nation $305 billion, with a B, $305 billion. By 2050, these costs are projected to rise uh, as high as $1.1 trillion. Wow. So not only does it affect the families who've been touched by Alzheimer's, it affects the economy, it affects how we see day to day. Um, some, some good and bad of what I do for, for my specific role at the Alzheimer's Association is people are hearing more and more about the association. They're hearing more and more about the walk and what we do. Yeah. But on the sad side of that, it's because they've been affected or they have friends who are affected. So it's definitely growing and um, we're definitely trying to see into it. The good news is, is we predict and we believe that the cure will be seen within our lifetime. Wow. So we're working hard, we're working diligent and we're gonna see what we can't make happen. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you for bringing those numbers forward. I know I kind of threw you a curveball when we were yep. talking about what we were going to talk about today, which is I'd really like to guide us down the path of the education and the things that you're doing for the communities of caregivers, right? Those people who are caring for people who have Alzheimer's. And I, I, it affects so many people. We all know someone right, that has been affected by it. So talk to me about the um, education or the things that are out there for people who are giving care to those that have Alzheimer's. Yeah, so I don't know if we have enough time to cover all this, but we're going to make <laughs> it. Um, first of all, the Alzheimer's Association, we care for our caregivers. We want to make sure that we are a support um, in any way we can be. Our biggest and most wonderful resource that we offer is our 1-800 number. It is 24 seven, 365. Um, anyone who calls will be connected to a live person who is trained in Alzheimer's and you know how to, how to help basically. Um, and if, if you don't mind, I'm gonna plug that real quick. It's 1-800-272-3900. Again, you will be connected to a live person. Um, interestingly enough, that's how my family found out about the association. My grandmother was affected with Alzheimer's and she would have middle of the night upsets. Mm -hmm. And my grandpa would call my mom and say, what do I do? And my mom hopped on the Google and of course, the 800 number came up. So that's how we found out um, that phone number has helped so much. It is definitely a resource. Again, that live person is going to either walk you through what you need to do. They're going to help you find resources in your area, in your zip code um, to whether that's, you know, if you need a neurologist in your area or respite care, or if you just need to talk it out. Because sometimes these emotions as a caregiver, that journey is such a strenuous one that sometimes you just need to vent. Yeah, and, that's absolutely know, true. Well, and I'll make sure that I put that number in the talk notes as well, Stephanie, so that people Thank have you. access to that number, because I do, I think that's very important. And, you know, even watching my own family go through this uh, has been, it's been difficult. Uh, mm -hmm. And it is. And sometimes you do just need to vent. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and there's, you guys also have a website where people can go and mm -hmm. more discovery in that space. So where would you send people to? So it's super simple. It's alz.org. Um, and there our caregivers will find a plethora of resources. 
So um, one of the amazing things that we offer are our trainings. And these trainings, I love them. I hand them out wherever I can. I love to give the educational training or even just send the link to them. Um, we have basics such as, you know, the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia, which is actually a very common question. And I love it when people ask, because the more you know, the more you can do something about it, right? Um, so the differences between Alzheimer's and dementia, how to have that effective communication with someone who's affected with Alzheimer's. Um, a lot of caregivers struggle. Well, they ask me the same question over and over and over again. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's nothing personal. Mm -hmm. So we train you um, how to have these communications and how to have these conversations. And then we also have trainings that are a little more on the, the rougher side of the journey, right? You know, when is it time to take away the keys? which is taking away some sort of independence from our loved one. And that is incredibly difficult. We have education topics on when is it time to consult um, lawyers and financial advisors to make sure that you know our, our moms and dads or grandparents, all of their affairs are in order before they can no longer sign or speak for themselves. So we have a, a wide range. We also have you know the lighthearted ones, 10 ways to love your brain reduce your risk of Alzheimer's, how to stay healthy, and uh, 10 warning signs, just in case you want to want to check up on yourself. Or you're like, hmm, grandpa's been acting a little strange recently, and I don't know why. What can I do about it? Those kinds of things. Yeah, no, I love that. And I know we'll absolutely run out of time because the resources <laughs> are so broad and even yeah. deep, right? It's not just broad, but even deep. Mm -hmm. I'd like to talk just for a minute about why you got involved with the Alzheimer's Association in the first place. I understand uh, just from the little bit that you gave us a few minutes ago that you have your own story. So talk to me about why you got in involved with this organization in the first place. Sure thing. So my grandmother on my mom's side, her name was Catherine DeSalle. And to me, she was a saint. Uh, my grandma was my best friend and that's what grandmas are supposed to do, right? That's what they're supposed to do. Um, and I absolutely adored her. When she passed, it was of course incredibly sad. I was young enough to know that she wasn't there anymore, but I was old enough to be, or I was young enough to, to not realize what was actually happening, but old enough to realize she wasn't there. Um, fast forward, my husband and I decided to move to Houston. And whenever I saw this notice for the Alzheimer's Association who was hiring, I, wasn't really looking for nonprofit. I had already worked in the nonprofit sector with animals. It was very, very rewarding. Go volunteer at your shelter. Um, <laughs> but I had seen this and I was like, I'm, I'm really not looking for nonprofit, but something was just nagging me. I couldn't shake the feeling. And finally I called my mom and I talked to her about it. And she said, well, just apply, see where it takes you, see what happens. Um, Fortune would have it, they did end up liking me enough to give me a shot and hired me. And then once I learned more about it, once I learned more about the disease itself, once I learned more about how we touch the community, how we reach out as far as support for our caregivers, or even the side that I do now, the event planning, the, the fundraising, all of that, I just fell in love with it. It was just such a fit for me. I wake up excited about my job every day, which not a lot of people have. So I consider myself very blessed and very lucky to be here. 
Yeah, that is special. And you do, you have such a, an, a, a positive vibe about what you do. And I would say to anyone out there who has that nagging, right, about a particular space, maybe you don't know that you want to go work there, or you don't know that you want to get involved, you ought to at least explore it because you never know where it might take you. Um, I think that is super special. So it's a great segue into the last thing I want to talk to you about, which is the event. Uh, you guys do a walk every single year, but you also do some event planning. So talk me through that process and maybe how people can get involved. Absolutely. So like I mentioned at the, at the beginning, I um, am the manager for the Galveston Walk to End Alzheimer's. And as far as I'm concerned, it is the best out of our 10 area walks. So um, walks happen all across the country there. Like I said, there are 10 here in Houston, but the Galveston one is just fantastic. Every year we have it on Stewart Beach. Um, it's always just, it's a community bonding event. If you'd never been, it's a very community bonding event. It's, I think it's different from other walks because you can bump into anyone and your journey is similar, but it's, it's similar, but it's still unique. It's still your own. Um, you can just find so many people there who know exactly what you're going through. It's different than other types of diseases. All these diseases, the cancers, um, you know, the March of Dimes, all of these things are horrible, but Alzheimer's is its own special uniqueness. Um, I, I describe it as, you know, you're having to deal with two losses. So you deal with the loss, the first loss of the, the person when that light kind of turns off. Right, and the second is the actual passing, which is awful. And so it, it, it's just a bonding whenever you come across someone who knows what you're going through and who knows what you've been through and who understands. They keep asking me what time it is, even though it's two o'clock in the morning, and I've told them a hundred times, you know, that kind of thing. So the walk itself is, is pretty fun. Um, like I said, you get to meet all kinds of people, all your neighbors, it's down here at the beach. We have um, stuff for kids, we have stuff for dogs, we are a dog-friendly walk. And the cool thing about the Alzheimer's Association, because we fundraise all year round, it's free. There's no cost to register, there's no cost to sign up a team, there's no cost to do anything. If you want to pop in, check it out, see what it's about, we're not going to charge you at the door, it's nothing like that. Okay, that's awesome. So do you have a date in October already? So we are tentatively looking at October 16th down at Stewart Beach. Um, we're still working on those kind of things. We did find out this year, I should have said this a second ago, we found out this year we will be able to be in person again. We're very, very excited. Last year we had a remote walk, everyone walked in their neighborhoods. This year we are still having that option for people who are more comfortable. And it was amazing. I had gals up in New York who were walking for the Galveston Walk. I'm considering that just a personal win. Just yeah. For me. That's huge. <laughs> How fun, right? Yeah. The, um, the, the world of 2020 has introduced a lot of new opportunities, right? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah for so sure. we'll be back in person. We will be following, um, strict CDC guidelines. We want to make sure everyone is safe. Safety is our number one priorities from our walkers to our volunteers, to our staff members. We're all going to mask up and walk where we were. Wonderful. So people can get involved in the walk that's in October. So what about the fundraising throughout the year? How can people give throughout the year leading up to the walk in October? Yes. So there are several ways. I'm just going to touch on a couple of them right now. So um, 
donate. Go to alz.org forward slash walk. Find the Galveston Walk or your local walk. Find somewhere you are, it affects your community. And you can register a team, like I said, for free, or on that same page, there's an option simply to donate. You don't have to be involved if you don't want to. If you just want to give your money, say thanks for doing what you do, that's perfectly fine too. Um, I will say if you do start up your team, you can make donations and fundraise year round. In Galveston, we have very creative teams who find very fun ways to fundraise. One of our uh, team captains, Susan Lining, she bakes cookies all year round. Last year, she raised over $20,000. Wow. Just from baking cookies. That's so amazing. You can do anything as far as fundraising goes. Um, you can always register your team and just be involved as far as basic involvement, or if you want to volunteer the day of, we are always looking for wonderful volunteers. That's awesome. Stephanie, thank you so much for being with me today. It, it is a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I think both of us had red cheeks and like smile lines before <laughs> we even started just connecting. And I know that you're a big animal lover as well. So for those of you who want to bring your dog along on the walk, it sounds like that's an awesome opportunity to get to know people in the community and get your pets out for a walk on the same day. So that's awesome. Stephanie, again, thank you so much for being with me today. I really enjoyed you. I will put all of the contact information in the show notes as well as in the post so people can reach out to you. Is there a particular number or, or a website that you would like to put out there for people if they have follow-up questions or want to connect with you directly? If anyone would like to connect with me directly, they're more than welcome to. I can be reached at S. Fitzgerald. Oh, wait here. S. Fitzgerald at alz.org. Or you can call me at 713-314-1336. Again, if you just need more information, our 1-800 number, 1-800-272-3900 and alz.org. Let's see what we can't do to help make your life a little easier. Yeah, I love that. Stephanie, thank you again. I appreciate you so very much in the Alzheimer's Association. Thank you. Thank you for having me and giving me this opportunity. Absolutely. And that concludes this week's podcast of serving the community. 